In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's November 2nd, 2012, and you're listening to episode 59 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we are warm and dry and have power, which is more than we can say for a lot of people. And for which we are very thankful. Yes. And as you have probably heard by now, there was quite the storm that went through the Caribbean and up the East Coast and... Into the New England area. Yeah. And there's still a lot of people who don't have power or whose homes were damaged. And we hope that any of our listeners who were without power get it back have it, and have had it back for a while by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. If you are one of the unfortunate people who had damage to your house or your work or both, then we are definitely thinking about you and sending good thoughts out into the universe. Good knitting thoughts. And just as a reminder for anybody else, if you'd like to help out with that, usually the best mode of action is to go to somewhere like the Red Cross, which I believe in the United States is redcross.org, or similar other charities, and donate money. Because those those charities are capable of finding out what is most in need, whether it be foodstuffs, medical supplies, or generators, or something of that nature, and be able to transform the funds into what is directly in demand. Yeah, and you know, don't have to worry about stockpiling stuff that they maybe can't physically get to an area just yet. So, but if you're listening to us, and especially if you're even if you're listening to us and you don't have power or things like that, then how about we move into the fun stuff and hopefully <laughs> try and brighten your day just a wee bit. <laughs> happy thoughts, happy thoughts, just happy keep, knitting thoughts. Just keep knitting. Just keep knitting. knitting. Okay. So, so I am still working on the Lothlorien cape. I should probably just cut out that little audio segment and keep saying, keep, just keep pasting it at the beginning of every episode for <laughs> oh, the next few weeks. Oh, it got weeks. bigger, it got bigger. Uh, slightly, yes. Well, she'd be wide to begin with. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Because before, I know it was definitely only about there. Yeah, it was about, you know, three inches, uh, two inches shorter. So yeah, there has been some progress. Not as much as I probably, as I really should have with the whole general idea of three rows a day. Like I said last week, I'm doing this... I'm figuring it out by checking every once in a while to see, you know, how many rows do I have left? How many days do I have left? If I want to finish it in time, how much do I have to do per day? Yeah. And I know if that number gets bigger, then I'm falling behind. If it gets smaller, I'm catching up. Last week, I think it was 3.15 rows. Uh, I just checked tonight. It's like 3.25 rows. (laughs) So I'm getting a little bit behind. Just a little, though. But it's partly because it's kind of bulky to take along with me. Yeah. Like I said last week, it has its own tote bag. And sometimes I just don't feel like lugging another bag with me to work. And I don't imagine that's something you knit on the bus. No, it's getting a bit big and cumbersome to knit on the bus. You probably have to watch the charts, too. Yeah. But the other thing is that, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law are visiting with their three dogs. And to keep peace amongst the animals in the house, because my cat does not like other animals. We basically are able to shut off like half of the house using a door in the kitchen. So the dogs are downstairs. My cat is upstairs, but downstairs is where the TV is. Yeah. 
So I haven't been spending as much time downstairs watching TV because they're usually down there and I've had a bunch of other stuff to do. So I haven't had that, you know, dedicated sit down and knit on it time. Yeah. Recently. Now when they go, there's a certain, there's a number of things on the PVR that (laughs) mom and I are going to have to get through. I think we have like uh, 17 hours of Ghost Hunters to watch. Some of which we've already seen, but you know, it might have been a while. You remember last year you introduced me to that um, British show. It was a Victorian Farm Christmas. Ooh, yes, the Victorian Farm. Newbie saw it. Ooh. And she is all like, oh, I want a Victorian Farm. I want a Victorian Farm. I want a Victorian. And then it got to the part like where she was doing the laundry. I don't. I don't even think <laughs> or... it got, got to the laundry. Um, what was it? It wasn't the butter. She was fascinated that you could make butter. Oh, honey. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's fascinated you can make butter, and then there was the mounds of bread, and then there was, uh, oh, it was the, it was the hay, raking in the hay and everything yeah. like that. This is a lot of work. Like, yes, yep. it is. I don't want a Victorian farm anymore. No kidding! No, not surprising. And if anybody's wondering what we're talking about, it's a series that um, has aired on British TV before, and you can find episodes and things on YouTube. I don't know how legal they are. But um, there was the Victorian Farm, the Victorian Farm Christmas. Yeah. Victorian Farm, basically the Victorian Farm follows these, it's actually these three archaeologists or historians that are living Victorian style for a year. And each, I think there's 12 episodes, each episode is one month out of the year. And the really nice thing about them being archaeologists and historians is not just the fact that they know a lot of stuff and they know a lot of background and can give a lot of really interesting information, but it's also not like those other shows where you get civilians to do it and they end up arguing the entire time. Boy. There is no drama. Well, there's, you know, there's drama, but it's not, like, interpersonal drama. It's of the, this is, you know, really what they had to face, yeah. like, you know, crop failure and yeah, that sort of like thing. Yeah, like, if the hay got wet and it be turned bad. Yeah. And Stuff like that. They also did the Edwardian farm more recently. That one's already aired on Canadian TV, and I've, we it usually comes on TVO, which is the which is the Ontario version of PBS. But so if you were interested in that sort of thing, definitely check it out. There are lots of episodes for you to watch. Maybe I should sit down and watch some of those episodes while working on this. Yes. That might be a good idea, actually. I can just hook my t- my computer up to the TV with my HDMI cable and. And go for it. Mainline, because the, the Victorian Farm Christmas is like five, four or five episodes, I think. I remember three, but I could be counting wrong. Yeah. I thought there was maybe four or five, but yeah, then, well, you know, I could just have a marathon. You are fond of the marathon. Yes. When I get the chance. But yeah, so I might have to do that to work on this. The only other thing about this, and I should mention again, it's the Lothlorian Kate pattern, in case we have any new listeners. Uh, it's the Lothlorien Kate pattern by Susan Pandorf, part of her Lord of the Rings collection. And I'm doing it in Socks That Rock Heavyweight by Blue Moon Fiber Arts in the Tempest colorway. And this ball that I have is getting kind of small. And I have two more skeins. Only two? Yeah. OMG. Yeah. Okay. I'm like halfway through the first chart, and then there's the second chart. And I am decreasing, but I'm not decreasing that fast. Damn. I'm thinking I might need to get another skein. I might see how fast I finish that ball. Of course, we do have that yeah, yeah. coupon from our winnings last week. But I think I might see just how quickly this, where I'm at when this ball is pretty much done. And then see if I need to get another <laughs> skein. I could probably, 
I mean, I could get another skein, and then if I don't use it for, if I don't end up using it for this, I can make mitts out of it yeah, or something. Can. Like, yeah, I would. Totally I mean, it's that. still a beautiful color. Yeah, it's a gorgeous color. I love the color. And you know, I might not make them immediately. I might, you know, give this yarn in this colorway a rest for a little while. But you know, I will definitely use it. So. And Blue Moon always get, makes good stuff. Yes, it's so pretty. In case anyone hasn't seen it, it's this sort of dark foresty green, but it's not like a really yellow green. It, yeah, it's. It's the green it's of like the elven big, capes yeah. that they were given. It's the more grayish color. And the other thing I've been working on, because I need something to do on the bus, and I need something to warm my hands, because holy crap, it has gotten cold out. That looks iridescent next to that green. <laughs> yes. This holy is a very crap. different green. You broke this my eyes. Is, this is... These are a set of it's an little octopus. fingerless gloves. Aww. Which I'm doing out of the first skein of yarn that I received in this year's Mean Girls Yarn Club. Right. The colorway is called Curses, and it is inspired by, this year, usually there's a theme for the club. Last year it was Mean Girls in Literature, so you had, like, Lady Catherine de Burke from Pride and Prejudice, and Madame Defarge from Tale of Two Cities. And so this one, this year it's Mean mean Guys. So this one is based on, I can never remember the character's name, it is the voodoo Doctor from Princess and the Frog. Doctor Faultier? Frog Finches. Something like frog that. Princess. Is it Princess with Frog or Frog Princess? It's Damn it. Frog Frog Princess. Doctor Facilier. So it is a rather bright green and purple. And heavier it's it's more green. It just has little bits of purple in it, it amongst a, the green. It is a lime green, yes. and when you put it next to the Lothlorien cape, it is like holy glow-in-the-dark on top <laughs> of a, you know, a harpsichord dancing naked kind of green. Yeah. And it's in a DK weight, so I've already fin- pretty much finished one glove. I just didn't bother doing the thumb yet because by that time I had done... I'm all, I only knit little finger things up to about the first knuckle of my fingers. By the time I got to that point, I was like, okay, I'm totally sick of doing these tiny little... Yeah things, I, I will leave the thumb for later, because I'm going to have yarn left over. Yeah. And I did, like, a big portion of this just in, like, a couple hours at the Halloween party. At the Halloween week. party that we were at. That was, which was fun, by the way. We sort of sat by, it was a private party at the cafe we normally have knit night at. Yeah. And we sort of moved, you know, okay, fine. I'm the oldest among the group, so you'd expect something mature to come out of my mouth. Uh, no, not quite. You know, Maggie says, I want to go sit by the window and watch all the hookers walk by. And everybody goes, okay. Yeah. So we, we actually had little, we even got paper plates and a Sharpie and made like little scorecards. Scorecards. For the, um, holding up. Cause there's a club just down this, just there like a couple three doors on the down. Street. Yeah, there's three clubs on the street. There's one that's actually a couple doors down. Yeah. So there were a lot of people going by the windows. And we should mention too, what did you dress up as? I wore my Taekwondo Dobot. See, which is a good thing because yeah, at least when you dress oh, up like I was, that, I was you have earned that belt that you were wearing. Yes, that was my belt. That was my belt. It is your actual belt. Yep. It ain't just a costume. No. And that, that be my jit. Newbie was there too, and she wore this awesome steampunk. Uh, I can I can verify that about eighty-five to ninety-five percent of that costume was vintage. Was wow. authentic vintage. Like I helped her get into the petticoats. I saw the condition that they it was in, mm-hmm. and the. You know, the capelet ruff that went up her neck and over her shoulders? Mm-hmm. Vintage. Yeah. It was like, damn. But I weren't in too bad condition, the museum person inside me says. But, uh, yeah, no, she she went on, well, Newbie found a steampunk genre this year, and yes. has fallen in love with it. And she had an amazing hat that you and she made, I believe? Actually, she made that all by herself. Awesome! She just borrowed the blue gun. And, of course, 
Oh, I loved yours. <laughs> I loved yours. Of course, I went as Agent Phyllis Coulson. Easiest costume ever! I loved it. Like, seriously, all I needed were my black work pants, a white blouse, my black, you know, dress work pants, a white blouse, and a black blazer, which I bought anyway. Yeah. I, I admit, like, I had a I had a job interview, interview a few weeks ago, didn't get the job, but in advance of the job interview, I bought the blazer, and I admit, a, a good portion of the reason I bought the blazer was actually for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but you also made the, uh, the little shield ID tag. Yeah, I actually found, I found a good image of... Colson's ID tag, like prop ID tag, and was able to Photoshop, you know, the Colson Philip J out of there and write in Colson Phyllis J and then Photoshop my picture on Loved it. it. Loved it. <laughs> um, so, yes. <laughs> so, I've got one, like I said, I've got one pretty much done oh. except for the thumb. One point before we leave uh, Halloween, we decided that for the night, the best overall costume we saw was Mrs. Potts. Yes. Uh, As in Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast, Mrs. Very Potts. Very good. Very good. Uh, the best group costume was uh, Pac-Man and the Ghosts. Yes. And the hottest costume was uh, Wolverine slash Logan in his Canadian garb. And that would yes. be the wife, you know, the wife beater and the brown leather jacket and the jeans mm-hmm. with the belt buckle. And he earned the costume, let's just say. That yeah. He, he, was, he was well in, into Logan. He was good. Mm-hmm. So whoever you are out there, you have, um... You are have, you have our lustful <laughs> admiration. Yeah. We gave him a tan and he acknowledged it, so I was, uh, I was all happy. <laughs> Moving out of Halloween. But yeah, so, and the second hand warmer fingerless glove, I am doing the thumb gusset right now. And I'm pretty far up the thumb gusset. So soon enough, I will be doing the fingers on this one too. And I will have hand warmers to work, because oh my god, my hands have been so cold. Now what about you? All right. So I have, I made my calculations, much similar to what you did, mm-hmm. for no, starting November 1st, I had 40 rows of this chart left to do, and mm-hmm. I had 30 days. Yeah. And I calculated it out to the one and one third row mm-hmm. every day. Um, Which, even considering the size, is not that bad. It's not that bad. Because, I mean, your rows are getting longer. Yes. So you have but, a lot more stitches to knit for each one of those rows. But my rest row is just a rest row. Yeah. There's no extra shaping or anything else going on in my rest row. Yeah. So I can, as long as I've got, if I do two, if I do one pattern row and one rest row, mm-hmm. you know, I'm technically speaking ahead of the game. Yeah. So I've been keeping up with that. I don't remember how many bead repeats I had last time, but I am three and a half sort of bead repeats. Ooh. I got, um... Four more to go. That is super pretty. And this is the Battle Weary Dragon Shawl? This is the Battle Weary Dragon Shawl. Mandy's Moon, I think. Mandy's Moon, that's it. Battle Weary Dragon Shawl, and it's done in Malabrigo lace, and my first skein of Malabrigo is not that big. It's teeny. It's a golf ball size. Yeah. Slightly smaller. And it has a central spine that has a motif. Originally, I believe it was a, a plant motif, but... With the idea of it being a dragon, and yes, it is red. I think it's it's in the color sealing wax. Um, mm-hmm. This looks very reptilian, and all of the beads that I'm putting in, and this is the first time I'm doing any beading, so this is a new thing for me. <laughs> the beads are being put in strategically in their places, but I'm mixing the colors. Whatever color you know gets dipped out of the bead bin, so to speak. There's red, there's black, there is a yellow gold, and there is sort of more of a copper in there as well, mm-hmm. and it's sort of to imply all of the treasure that gets impressed into Smog's 
scales, because this is in honor of the dragon Smog for The Hobbit. Yay! And I am so going to squee when I hear that voice. I can't wait. I don't know if we get to hear it this movie, but... You had to go and pop that bubble, didn't you? Yeah, well, you know, I don't want you to leave the movie and be like, but, 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 where was the Cumberbatch? <sighs> I have an answer for that, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> In my pants? Yes. <laughs> okay, so, fine. I'll just have to go home and just watch Sherlock again or something. Like this is a hardship. Like this is a problem, yes. So anyways, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been focusing on and doing, because um, I am determined to finish this on time. I'm determined not to fail at this, <laughs> especially because I've, you know, again, announced myself to be, you know, internet's world mm-hmm. as I am doing this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall over and trip over my own toes again. Other than that, on Halloween, I went and took pic- was the photographer for the Taekwondo Halloween party, mm-hmm. which was actually quite funny because bobbing for apples is not as easy as most people think. No, it's not. <laughs> The thing is, when you touch them, when those things are floating, when you touch them, they sink. Yeah. And it was funny to see a lot of kids dressed up as everything. I saw everything from the Queen of Hearts, mm-hmm. from Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, to Blue Man from Blue Man Group. <laughs> and they were practicing with nunchucks. They were just going at, like, one of the instructors dressed up, like, head to toe in the uh, padding, the sparring padding. And was just letting people wail he on him? He was a monster, basically. And he sort of <laughs> lumbered forward, and everybody was supposed to wail at him. And after the first two rounds of this, he's like, I am getting so hammered. Oh my god, I did not sign up for this. I got told about this when I arrived. I'm like, dude. Oh yes, and being irresponsible sort of podcasters, we should mention, in, when it comes to being hammered... Sorry. Neither of us did at the Halloween party. No, no. There are no drunken pictures. No. Yeah, I bobbed for an apple myself. I got it. Yay! You just have to... Smush it against the side, and you have to be prepared to be underwater and upside down. Okay, then. That, well, that that was my strategy anyway. Other people probably got other strategies, but that was my strategy. And yes, half of my head was cold and wet. <laughs> but I was victorious. I sort of, like, got up out of it, and I was like, ah! Anyway. Oh, yes, and you were doing some... You did some other little crafty things, too, with the newbie. Yeah. So, in the course of conversation, yeah, the newbie found out that some people make soap. Mm-hmm. As in the homemade soaps, and you add your own things to it, type of thing. So I said that we would try a little kit. Like th- we're not we're not doing the whole cold process thing because that involves chemicals and very special timing and very special temperatures. And I have a child <laughs> yeah. that likes to interrupt at the worst possible time. Yeah. So yeah, that's not happening here. We're doing the melt and pour thing, which is pretty much we went and bought something from you know Michaels. Yeah. And I got I got a goat's milk base, and you pretty much you melt it in the microwave, you stir in what you want to add, like your essential oils, or if yeah. you want to go all natural, the herbs or the spices that you're using. We did cinnamon and clove, mm. and then you pour it back into the mold, and you just let it set. And she's like, seriously? That's all it is? Like, yep. yeah. That's pretty much all it is. That is so cool! And, well, yeah, that's not... It's kind of cool to go into the shower the next day and take your bar of cinnamon clove soap. Yeah. And now I suspect that there may be a, a soap marathon going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's getting soap for Christmas! You'll be clean! So that was kind of fun. Okay, so moving into Geek Squee. So speaking of Halloween, of course the internet has been full of awesome, awesome costumes that people have done. And the Mary Sue collected a few, and I found a few on io9 and a couple other places. One of the ones that I loved the most, of course... 
was Nathan Fillion's costume. Oh god, that was awesome. Nathan, I love you. Because he went as Captain Canada. I will have your babies, Nathan. Get in line, woman. <laughs> so yeah, he had, And like, all of a sudden, there was this raucous uproar that happened north of the border. <laughs> north of the north border. Yeah. And it cried out for Fillion's name. <laughs> and it was in lust. Yeah, so imagine, like, Captain America from, you know, early, sort of early in the Captain America movie where he's wearing his costume, but he's also wearing his leather jacket and, like, a army helmet and carrying his shield. That sort of idea. He had, like, a Fillion had, like, leather jacket, sort of shirt with, like, big maple leaf on it. Yeah. Shield, circular shield with red and, and white, white rings, rings and a red maple leaf in the middle. And then, like, an army helmet with a maple leaf on the front. It's like, I love you, Nathan! Because, of course, he is actually Canadian, which makes it even better. Canadian firefly. One of the other seriously awesome costumes and nerdy costumes, and I love her for this. Yeah. Jane Lynch from Glee, and now she does one of the voices for the movie Wreck-It Ralph that just came out. Yeah. Which I really want to see, but I'm not going to have time to see this weekend. She actually dressed up as the Space Marine character that she voices in Wreck-It Ralph. I would so do that. In a like a seriously awesome costume, too. Yeah, she wore it for her Halloween appearance on The Ellen Show. And it is... That's pretty hardcore cool. Yeah. This is like hardcore cosplayer stuff. And I love that she did it for her costume. That's so awesome. That gun is enormous. Mm-hmm. Of course, it would be in the video game, so... Yeah. And then... Ah! Most adorable family ever. It's part of Neil Patrick Harris... With his family, all dressed up. As the uh, the Wizard of Oz group. Yeah, so he and his partner are dressed up as the Tin Man and the Scarecrow, respectively. Looks like his son, I think, is dressed up as the Lion. And then daughter is dressed up as Dorothy. Dorothy. And she is adorable! She is. One of my favorite ones. This was, this was cool. I am so super impressed with this. Yeah. So Josh Sunquist, who I think I remember reading is actually a Paralympic skier. He is a cancer survivor who lost one of his legs at the age of nine. So, for his costume, he took advantage of that. Yep. And he went as the leg lamp from A Christmas Story. Complete with illumination, it looks like. Complete with, he shaved his leg. That's a big deal for guys. Fishnet stockings. That's a big deal for guys. And even had, like, a little lampshade with fringe around the top. And is wearing pumps, too. Which is awesome. And if you haven't seen the movie A Christmas Story, oh my god, please see it. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, part of the, the story involves, you know, the main character's father. It's sort of from the perspective of, like, this ten-year-old boy, I think in the, like, late 40s, I think it is? It's sort of nebulous about when it actually takes place. True. Um, and his ba- basically the whole story is basically about how he wants this Red Rider BB gun for Christmas. And But part of the story is about his father wins this major award, and this major award turns out to be a lamp yeah. that's shaped like a woman's leg wearing a high-heeled shoe and fishnet Fishnets. stockings. With a lampshade on the top that has that fringe going yeah, around it. Yeah, gold lampshade with black fringe. And he insists on putting it in the window so the that everybody can see, see it. it. So that is a truly inspired costume. One of the other ones that I thought was perfect for the person who's actually doing it, Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock of WWE wrestling fame and, you know, now movie fame. He went, of course, as the Hulk. And, uh, yeah, there, there, there's not a lot of costume going on there, but he yeah. pulls it off. There are shorts, 
Yeah, there are shorts. Torn but shorts. he's probably one of the few Hulks at Halloween who is not wearing padding. Yep, there's a there's a whole lot of definition in that green paint. Another really cool thing we saw was something called reverse trick or treating. Oh yeah, where basically these people walking around with a you know door holding onto a door, and on the front of the door it says "Please knock." So they go up to someone's house and they open their door and they see this other door. But yeah, so the person who was just up and opened the door knocks on this door that has appeared out of nowhere. And the other people open the door, like, oh, hi! That's such a great costume! Happy you Halloween! Look, you look great! Come and see, Mom! Dad, come and see! <laughs> Here, how about you take a piece of candy? So basically they show up at people's houses, or in this case, like, in front of someone's car, or in front of someone's work, or in they front went of the to grocery a store. Oh, God, the drive through was so cute. And basically give candy, candy. out to people. There, and they also went on the bus. You could see the faces oh God, of yes. some of the people on the bus going, what the... What? what in the hell is going on? What to the what? Even after they were handing out the candy. Yeah. Some of them were like, what? <laughs> but yeah, that is adorable. Creativity. And one of the other really cool ones is, well, based on our next item of information for this week. Yeah. This one is the casting director for Star Wars Clone Wars, Megan Finnerty. She did sort of... Leia's cinnamon, cinnamon bun hairdo, except instead of putting them over her ears, she stuck them on top of her head, like a cer- certain iconic mouse. Which is somehow appropriate for the news that came out this week. Yes, because as most of you probably know by now, Disney has bought Lucasfilm and all the pieces thereof, including the Star Wars franchise. Yes. So the joke that has been going around is that Princess Leia is the newest Disney princess. There has been strong reaction to this, <laughs> both for and against. Yeah, obviously the fans obviously freaked the hell out. I mean, from a business standpoint, Lucas has always said that he was going to hand it off. And he knows he can't live forever. And he said it was always his intention of handing it off in his lifetime. Yeah. Now, that doesn't make it any easier for a lot of fans to take Yeah, that it went to a mouse. Yeah, there are still a lot of people... I've still seen a lot of people's reactions who are just like, I cannot really comprehend this, or I'm not sure how I feel about this. But one of the things that they have announced is that there will be a new Star Wars movie, Episode 7, yep. in 2015. Now, 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 that should ring a bell for you. That should ring at least two bells for yes. you. Because that is also the year that we are going to get the Avengers 2 movie and the DC JLA movie. Yeah, the Justice League. The movie. Justice League movie. So, so I'm this thinking, is going to be an interesting year for me. I movies. think we just need one more. Like you were saying, another Star Trek movie to yeah. parallel the Star Wars movie to go against it. And we would just have like an all-out cage mashup. Yeah, this Seriously. will be the, the biggest geek movie cage match. Yeah, ever. One, one epic series goes in. One movie to rule them all. <laughs> oh my god, that's all we need. Four, three movies go in, only one comes out. out. Sorry, the Hobbit would come out. No, that'll be after... No, the last Hobbit movie comes out in 2014, so... Ah, so the Hobbit wouldn't qualify. Yeah. Okay. It escapes already. It escapes. Okay. But yeah, so there's a lot of people, there's people that are being like, oh my god, we get new Star Wars, and there's other people like, eh, I don't know if Disney will like 
destroy it by milking it like crazy, and other people who are like, yay, George Lucas no longer has his hands on it, and other people are like, crap, this could be bad because George Lucas doesn't have his, ha- have his hands on it, and... I think it's one of those things where everyone's just going to have to wait and see. Wait and see what happens. You know what I'm seeing? Stormtroopers with ears. And I think I could I could actually I would actually like to go and see that. I would like to see a parade of stormtroopers march out of the Cinderella castle with ears. I don't care if I'm the only one watching that parade. I kind of want to see to it. the Imperial March. To the Imperial March. You better believe it. <laughs> The Empire is taking over Disneyland. But yeah, so it's going to be... I could just sort of like see Yoda and Mickey Mouse sort of like leaning on each other. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I know I'm hurting a lot of people now. But yeah, it seems to be one of those things that a lot of people are like... Very wild, differing opinions on it. So People are passionate about it one way or the other. Yeah. Sort of thing that we'll have to see how it shakes out. The one good thing from this is that um, apparently they bought... The right to Lucasfilm, which I should also mention includes things like Industrial Light and Magic yep. and other things like that. Someone also got mentioned that it does include the Indiana Jones franchise as well. Yep. Um, but they bought the whole package for $4 billion. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I should say that again. That's $4 billion, billion. in case I muffled the word. And But George Lucas has said he's going to spend a lot of... He's going to create a foundation or donate a lot of that money to charity... Especially for education. Because we all know George Lucas doesn't need more money. Yeah. He's uh, he's pretty good right now. It's like, really? How much else, what else, how much else is he going to buy? Yeah. Now, speaking of people that, you know, could pretty much do what they want at the moment, Peter Jackson had a little cameo of his own in a safety video. <laughs> yes! Someone posted this on our Found Something Awesome thread. Yeah. And of course it's been cropping up elsewhere in the geek universe. Yep. So, Air New Zealand has made a Lord of the Rings-themed safety video. So, think of, you know, those little safety briefings you get on an airplane that, at least the last couple times I've flown, I've noticed most people are not paying attention to yeah. anymore. This one is populated with the Lord of the Rings characters yeah. and references and... And it even has footage from... The first trilogy. Yeah. But it's got hobbits in it. It's got elves in it. It's got... Gollum in it. Gollum in it. It's got uh, a very swashbuckling kind of rugged man, I'm presuming is going to be representative of Aragorn. Yes. And there's all sorts of adorable little in-jokes and things like that. There's one point where they're telling you about... You know, the rule that you have to have your tray in the upright position before you take off. And you see someone grab a D20 off a tray and fold it up. And only geeks <laughs> will get that. And then at the same time, when they're talking about turning off your electronic stuff, you see, like... Oh, that was awesome! One of the Urukai and... And the, um, the head of the Nazgul. Yes. And they're all, like, turning off their iPads and the iPods and stuff. They're telling them they have to turn it off, and they're like, Aww. Aww. <laughs> that was funny. It is hilarious. It's you so definitely good. have to check it out. The part where it all goes dark, and, yes. you know, should you need to, um, lights will illuminate on the floor to help escort you out of the... And you see, first it's Galad... It looks like Galadriel's feet go by, then it looks like the Hobbit, <laughs> Hobbit feet, feet go by, and then it looks like an animal's feet go by. <laughs> a p- pony. Yeah. Build, Build a pony. Build a pony. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you, if you go to YouTube and search for an unexpected briefing, yeah. that will get you to Air New Zealand's video, and they're... And in case you have never noticed Peter Jackson in any of his cameos, 
He's the one that puts on the ring and goes invisible. Yes! Oh my god, that was hilarious. And then later you see the floating yeah, card. Yeah, the floating card following <laughs> along. Safety card. Speaking of cameos in Lord of the Rings. Yes. There is a hint that maybe, perhaps, who knows, because nobody seems to be talking, that there might be a Stephen Colbert cameo in one of the later Hobbit movies. Apparently, he has been named as the biggest Tolkien geek that Jackson has ever met. And considering all of the Tolkien that Peter has surrounded himself with, that is saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, he said that Stephen Colbert went to visit the set of The Hobbit. And according to... Peter Jackson, he said, Philippa Boyens is our resident Tolkien expert, and we put Colbert with Philippa on a Tolkien, head-to-head on a Tolkien quiz, and Stephen triumphed. (laughs) He says, I have to say, his encyclopedic knowledge of Tolkien is spectacular and points to a deprived childhood in some respects. (laughs) Yeah. But of course, because they said he visited the set, there's been rumors that he might have a little cameo, which Jackson has said that it is, and I'm quoting here, it's yet to be confirmed or denied. Yeah, thanks, Jackson. But looking at him, we've been thinking that, you know, you probably could see Elf in yeah, him. Yeah, Elf. Yeah. He has that sort of, you know, very long, narrow sort of bone structure to his face. Yeah. And you can definitely see, looking at his ears, you can definitely see them just extending a little bit to Elf ears. Yeah, just add the ears and he's and a wig. to go. Lose yeah. the glasses, add a wig, yep. and the ears. Yep. And there you go. Good to go. He'd be the Elf with some smart aisle of remark. He'd even come with his own sword, really. <laughs> Because he has them. He has rep. Well, he can but then he might not be able to come with his own sword because he has the replicas of, like, Glamdring and ah. the other, you know, hero swords. It's like, um, so how did you get Aragorn's sword? So, yeah, I mean, a little, a tiny little cameo where he's just one elf amongst a group. That would be hilarious. Yeah. And seriously, any of us would, would die at the same chance. Oh, yeah. Like, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I mean, Jackson himself has cameos in the first three. Movies and they're usually fairly small ones. Yeah, it's the sort of thing like you you don't even realize it. Yeah, he's on the screen literally for a split second. Yeah, as are his children, who are the most adorable children ever. <laughs> My God. Now, see, speaking of some seriously epic movies, this one is epic in what the filmmakers were able to do, or specifically where they were able to film, because it's certainly not an epic movie in the sense of The Hobbit, considering their their budget was quite a bit lower. Like. You know, 0.0001% of the Hobbit's budget, I'm sure. Because a couple physics students were actually able to make a zombie movie at CERN. As in, in the tunnels around the Large Hadron Collider. As in, yes, the uber-nucleus for all scientific geek stuff. Yes. Yeah, The basically the, the sort of plot of the movie is that there's some sort of power surge or something to the Large Hadron Collider, and the Higgs boson particle creates zombies. That would be a scientific oopsie. Yes. And there's a lot of the, um, some of it, it, it's a little bit of 28 days, and it's a little bit of... A little bit of, well, 28 days is a completely different movie. And Blair Witch. Well, it's it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of 28 days Days later. later. Sorry. 28 days later, and... It's a little bit of 28 Days Later and the Blair Witch movie where you've got that shaky camera motion. Yeah. You've got flashes of things. 
and there's a lot of confinement, a lot of stuff going on in the dark where you hear breathing, and it's a lot of intensity type thing. Yeah, I'm thinking also like maybe like Cloverfield or something like that, which I haven't actually seen, but... Has not seen because does not like the scary movies. <laughs> yeah, because not really big on that. But it was created by two PhD students in physics, Luke Thompson and Clara Nellist, who actually got permission to shoot their film at CERN. And, I mean, they're very clear at the beginning of the trailer that it is not endorsed by CERN by them in any way, shape, or form. But, dude, they were allowed to film there. <laughs> that is awesome. There's like, there are certain places... In the geek world, you don't anticipate being allowed to do, but somebody actually had the balls to go and ask, yeah. and were allowed to, and that's like, dude, that, that's like Christmas forever. Yeah. Apparently the film costs $3,000 to make. Yeah, not quite The Hobbit. Yeah. So obviously it's a good thing they were able to film there, because there was no way they could get a set, make a set that yeah. even approximated that. Yeah. The film is called Decay. And the trailer does actually look pretty good. There's a couple bits where, like, the acting of a couple people does seem yeah, quite well. good. But, I mean, it looks like basically they got people they knew and yeah. friends to be in it. And the way that the trailer is cut looks really good. And so you can see the trailer for it on YouTube, actually. If you just search for Decay trailer, you'll find it. But actually, it's going to be available as a free download by the end of November. Because... Um, one of the creators, Luke Thompson, said that, you know, we've been given a great and rare opportunity to have fun and make something awesome, so making money was never the point. We're hugely proud of what we've achieved. The fact is that it's a no-budget indie, and there was no reason to expect we'd sell more than a few hundred copies. So we'd rather our two years of work was seen by more people by releasing it for free. So, cool. soon you should be able to see the short film. <laughs> Some of it, I mean, it does look, uh, like, slightly gory and stuff. So it doesn't look like my usual sort of thing that I would watch, as, because it's sort of yeah. scary as well, that sort of thing. But I think I might have to watch at least part of this, just so I can see it. At least see the, the beginning of it. And there's also, speaking of gory, there's also the uh, the red trailer for Hansel yeah. and Gretel. Yes. Yeah, they've just released the red band trailer, which... Um, basically, you know how trailers at the very beginning, there's that green screen and it says this trailer has been approved for all audiences or something like that. A red band trailer is one where that background is red and it has only been, it has been, it says this has been approved for mature audiences. So it can only be shown in front of, I think, rated R movies or 18A here in Canada. And so, and in this case, it's not because people are naked. No, it's because of gore. <laughs> it is because of guts and body parts going splody. Yeah, often going splody straight at the camera. Yeah, there's a lot of splat going on. Yes. And there's a lot of blood spray and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, the the trailer definitely gets darker with that uh, Yeah. That outlet. Yeah, once they, they don't have to make it appropriate for all movies, they, they get things a little more gory. Which is, you know, probably good to know. I might still... I'm still thinking I'd probably see the movie, but I'd be more aware that, okay, there's going to be a couple points where I'm going to want to turn away and not look. Because... And if you're not sure about this movie, whether you want to go see it, then watch the Red Band trailer and see if it looks like something you might want to skip for gore reasons. I'm not saying for quality reasons, because... I mean, it looks, the, it from the first looks. trailer, it looks like it's going to be dumb in a great way. I mean, as actually the Mary Sue, the, the, the headline on the Mary Sue about it said, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters looks like exactly the right kind of dumb. 
So I don't think anybody has any sort of... Misconceptions about this being war and peace or gone with the wind. Or not even just not being incredibly cheesy. But it is cheesy with a lot of blood. Yeah. Here is your cheese with entrails on the side. And finally, of course, this week, as probably most of well, as most of our listeners probably know, because if you're in the States, you definitely know about it. If you're also in the world, you're probably still hearing about it. Of course, this week is the U.S. presidential election. Yep. And as some of you may have seen, there has been a rather surprising endorsement for one of the candidates. Joss Whedon has sort of made his opinion known, and who he's backing is not who you would expect, nor for what reasons you'd expect. Yes. He's actually made a video backing Mitt Romney, because he believes that Romney will get us closer to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. (laughs) It's beautifully laid out. It looks so much like a camp, and sounds so much like an actual campaign. It does, it does. It's it, it's fantastic, and it's not until you're you're halfway through the video that you realize, okay, this is absolutely priceless, and he's keeping a straight face. Yeah, thing. which is like Joss's brand of humor yeah. when he is appearing as himself somewhere, like we were talking about last week with the whole announcement at yeah. New York Comic Con. Yeah, he often does this thing where he. He plays it totally straight. He'll say, you know, outlandish things, and but play it totally straight in this very dry manner. Yeah, very So dry. it's very much like that. And there's a lot of funny little asides in it, which obviously, if you are more of a Romney supporter, you may not appreciate some of the things no. he says. We'll warn you about that. He does recommend that everybody take a parkour class. Yes, in preparation. In preparation for the zombie apocalypse. In preparation for dealing with the zombie hordes. As well as stockpiling canned food. Yeah. The knitters will go up into the branches of trees, I believe. And we will make clothing for all the survivors. With all of our stashes. Yeah. But I don't want to give people my stash. You can give them, like, the acrylic stuff. I don't really have that much acrylic stuff. Then you can knit with zombie entrails. Ew. (laughs) Okay. But yes, so definitely you can check that out as well. And, again, you can find that on YouTube by searching for Whedon on Romney, and that'll actually bring up, I think you believe the account that he used to post it is actually named that as well as the video. I just had one of my random Maggie thoughts. Yes. So we do have to keep the sheep safe during the zombie apocalypse. Yes. What so ha- sheep farms might be one might, would be one of the places we would want to, you know, gather survivors and arm to the teeth. Yeah, because I'm wondering if, would they actually crave sheep brains? I don't know. I think zombies generally go for human. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because a zombie sheep, well, I'm just trying to think. Zombie maybe sheep, just, would that create any special kind of wool? I can't imagine it would be very good wool. Okay. Considering it's coming off a, a rotting, half-dead creature. I just had to explore that side. Yes, we just had to, we had to let our brains go down that little path <laughs> for a moment. But it is important to know that should the zombie apocalypse happen, caravan, in safe numbers, to the closest sheep residents. Yes. And meet your fellow knitters there. Unfortunately, most of them probably don't have, you know, very high walls and That's when you build the, the fortifications. And hope that the zombies are mostly in the urban areas. Well, and that yeah. you have time to build yeah, fortifications. That's what, well, that's where large numbers of the populations are, and that's where germs breed, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get your butts out into the country where you can, you'll have all of these fields for long-range missiles. Yes. We'll be flinging, like, flaming sheep poop. They will be, like, blubbery mounds of manure by the time they get halfway across the sheep fields. <laughs> and we- I'm leaving you on that happy <laughs> That happy mental image. Let's moving into Cravings, Covers, and Crushes. Okay. 
Into the non-covered-in-sheep-poo and not-rotting-corpse sheep. I'm sorry, it was one of my thoughts, which is a dangerous thing to sort of, like, just blab out, I guess. So, what we have for this week is... So we have Shadowin Fiber Arts on Etsy. It's S-H-A-D-A-W-Y-N-F-I-B-E-R-A-R-T-S. All one word, as the shop name. This was recommended by one of the listeners uh, who emailed in because she does have, well, the shop does have a sort of hobbit-along club, I believe, for the fiber. Yeah. It's a yarn and fiber club, I believe. Yes. And so what it looks like they're doing is it's a month-by-month thing. So right now you can buy it for the November pre-order. Okay. Which is uh, for the un- and an unexpected journey, a yarn and fiber club inspired by the Hobbit and Middle Earth, and the November one will be based on Bilbo Baggins and the Shire. Aww. Basically, what it says it's um, you are go- she's going to be doing two complimentary colorways per month. Um, so the, for this order, you'd receive both the colorway Bim- Bilbo Baggins and the second colorway the Shire, and you can pick. It looks like. You can pick either the Superwash Merino Sock Fingering Weight Yarn version or the Superwash Merino Fiber version. Now, this uh, the sign-up for this month ends on November 5th, so... But you are, pre- you yeah. are warned for the future. Yes, for future sign-ups, yeah. And she, like I said, she's doing it month to month. In the FAQ, she says, why month to month? It's basically to allow you to have more choice over the medium and which characters or events you want to see in fiber form. If you want to, she says you can even order larger quantities. So I guess you could buy, you know, you could add two of these things to your cart. Cool. If you really loved a certain character, like you really love the elves and you really want whatever she bases on those, you can do that. Or if you don't like a character or something, you can skip a month. If you want a little bit of fiber and more yarn, you can, you know, do the yarn for, like, two or three months and the fiber one month, or vice versa. She does say if you'd like to see a multi-month subscription option, let her know and she can set you up with a custom listing. Cool. So you can pay in advance. It does say how long will this club go until interest or topics run out. So, I don't know if you'd want to sign up for a 12-month club right now, but... <laughs> and she does say that um, you will obviously miss out on this colorway, this month's colorway. But she does say the Hobbit colorways will be exclusive for six months at such time I may choose to release them in the store, so you might be able to get it from the Bilbo Baggins or the Shire later. And the shipping is going to be slightly different than her other items because it's based on the two items in the one package. Okay. And she does have a lot of other really pretty, especially a lot of fiber, and she also has some really pretty hand-spun yarn, too, including things like she has a colorway named for Loki. <laughs> yeah, she has some based on dragonology. There's one here called the Hebridean Black, or based on, you know, based on dragons. There's some other ones like Morning Glory and things like that, but there's some really pretty ones. Fox Reborn, Hex. There's one Potions that was really pretty. It was all different colors of oh, reds. Oh, Evocation one as well. Yeah. Partly Cloudy is really pretty. It's gray and brown and blue and but yeah, and she also says if you'd like to see previews or spoilers for upcoming updates and participate in contests and polls, she does have a Ravelry group for Shadow and Fiber Arts, where you can see things like that. And she has a lot of different, for the fiber artists among us, she has a lot of different kinds of fiber in the shop. I see Blueface Lester, Polworth, Shetland, Superwash Merino, Alpaca Merino Blend. So I'm going to take a look at her shop. 
and see what she has. And then one other thing we were going to mention, we have mentioned this shop before. It's called Gnome Acres, G-N-O-M-E-A-C-R-E-S. Um, I got the Avengers minis games mm -hmm. from this person before, but she has added something else, which, oh my god, is so tempting. She has a colorway called 221B Baker Street. And it's pretty. It's really pretty. It's tweed! Yes, it's a tweed fingering weight yarn. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's 95% super superwash merino, 5% Donegal tweed nylon. And it's, uh, it's in gray and grayish blue and like a dark grayish blue and a lighter grayish blue and a little bit of white and uh, I want it, but I really, really don't need more yarn right now. <laughs> and it's really pretty. And she's also got a pre-order up. I don't know if it'll be the same when this episode comes out, but at the moment she's also got a pre-order out for limited edition Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle mini skein bundles. I never thought those guys would actually come back. I was a huge turtle head in high school. She's also got something really neat. Little bird nesting fiber kits. Basically it looks like a little sort of wire basket that you can place on a tree. The one I'm looking at right now has like a little copper roof on it too. Mm-hmm. And basically you put fiber inside and the birds come along, especially in the, when they're building their nests, and they can grab pieces of fiber that they can use to make, to to make their nests. nests. Yeah. Which helps keep them extra toasty. <laughs> and there's actually a little poem that's on the card on the front that says, This is for our friends of Feather, a treat to help withstand the weather. Give them the tools to build a nest with fiber of the very best. It's filled with llama and alpaca fiber. And she also has like little refill kits that you can buy too. Aww. That's really cute. And actually, it might be a good holiday gift if you yeah. have a yeah, family member or something that is, that is a bird aficionado. Because guess what, people? 53 days. Yeah, it's a copper-roofed suet feeder full of either llama, llama or alpaca fiber. And the color of the fiber will vary. The name of the animal and where it's from will be noted on the back of the poem. It comes from a local llama and alpaca farm where I raise my own llama. Instead of just throwing out any unusable pieces of fleece, I recycle them and use them in these kits. Like it. I like that a lot. Which is cool. Very eco-friendly in creation and purpose. And actually, as one of the feedback comments from buyers, one of them says, I love having it available for the squirrels now they don't bother my outdoor furniture cushions. But as one other buyer has said, actually, they have a dog who will supply them with plenty of replacement fiber every time I furminate her. So true it's an idea, idea for those of you who have cats or dogs or things, too. That's you true. can also put your the animal's Pepper. fiber in that as well. And it's seriously cute. It looks like a little diamond, like, birdhouse. Yeah. So then there's an idea for the bird lovers in your life. And maybe that seems like kind of a nice little thing that to yeah. you know hang near a window, too, so you can see the birds coming, that all the different you know kinds of birds coming and picking fiber out. It would be nice if you could see, if you filled it all with, like, different colors of fleece, mm -hmm. leftover fleece, and then when you were able to see the nest, see the nest with different colors stranded through them. Yeah. That would be nice. You know, in or a different color fur, depending on... In an ideal world. Yeah. Okay. So I believe that's all for this week. Yep, I think that's it. So we're thinking of you guys out there. Be careful. Chin up. And we love you. Yes, we love you. We yeah, love I know, all our listeners. I know it's a very difficult time right now for a lot of people, but yeah, it will get better. It will get better. Okay. Have all a right. good week, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K to .mt-pockets.org. 
You can also comment on our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody.